0: Hi, oh, welcome to this latest episode of CIO Leadership Live. I'm David Binning, associate editor of CIO Australia. Joining me today is Pushpant Sandhu, who's the ICT manager with the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney. Pushpant, welcome to the to CIO Leadership Live. Thank you, David, for having me. It's a real pleasure, sir. Um, I appreciate now, that. Yes. Well, um, we know we've known each other quite well for some time, of course, and. Um, Uh, I know that you joined the, you joined Powerhouse Powerhouse Museum in 2021. I understand at the time there was, there was quite a lot to be done. There was pretty serious underinvestment, you had, well, you know, maybe not low morale on the team, but a team that needed a bit of motivation. Let's maybe get the ball rolling by sort of talking through and for our audience, how you sort of began to, to tackle that, that big challenge.
1: Well, I think everybody has got different way of handling the challenges. Uh, my way is very simple. I think uh, first of all, as you said, there were a number of challenges, so you have to prioritize them. Uh, and uh, in all honesty, I'm a, I'm a gear gear in the gear box here, so I have to work with all the bigger gears as well. Right. Uh, so I had to engage with my uh, executive team and the stakeholders and prioritize what the challenges are and where they see it. Uh, Uh, as prioritized. Uh, Once that is done, then basically it comes down to project management, you know, developing the project and uh, uh, seeing that there's money and the functional requirements. So what are the deliverables are clearly defined. I use Prince2, uh, Projects in Controlled Environment as my tool. And having done that, you can draw out your project plan and then work with your team and uh, vendors and stakeholders to deliver all this becomes quite simple as i say always how do you eat an elephant you chunk it so <laughs> i've given you two big chunks and each chunk can be taken a bit more chunks right <laughs>
0: yeah well i mean and the organization itself the powerhouse museum itself is is quite an elephant as far as museums go it's the it's one of the biggest if not the biggest in australia it's it's one of the it's one of the oldest, so um, you know it's fairly safe to assume that that you were having to grapple with quite a lot of legacy um, equipment, legacy systems, and and possibly even legacy attitudes, right? Uh, absolutely, I think um, um,
1: glam. Uh, that's. Uh, uh, you know, the museum industry or the museum museum sector itself suffers from uh, inadequate funding. Uh, and I think when the organization itself is not funded well, then the ICT is always seen as a cost center. So it gets thrown back a little bit. Uh, Powerhouse Museums suffered the same fate. Uh, and also what uh, made things worse was this, that there was an idea of closing down Ultimo uh, Powerhouse and moving everything to Parramatta. Um, that, that that was that also disturbed the funding purpose here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so when I joined, there were many end of line, end-of-service uh, kind of equipment which uh, uh, for which I built the case and thankfully to the mu- uh, museum management, I got the funding and we refreshed um, much of that. Yeah. um and that process is still ongoing uh, so uh, the team again the two managers had left when i joined in and uh, that had basically uh they needed somebody to uh re-energize them and bring in some fresh air so i took about six months working with them like uh, uh starting up the uh, kanban work starting up the day, day hurdles yes you know and and uh, Asking them to come out for coffee. Some, some, some were brave enough to come along. Some, some just shied away. But slowly, slowly, everything worked well.
0: Right. It's an interesting right choice. Interesting choice of words. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Yep. So right now, I think uh, I have the confidence of my team. Yep. Uh, I love working with them. They're a great team. And uh, although we are a small team, uh, always uh, extended in our uh, to the elastic limit where we can go. But still, we are functioning well.
0: Yeah. And I understand that you've grown the team quite significantly as well. Sure.
1: Uh, I brought in four um, uh, new staff members that's within one year, which is quite significant. Like you can say it's about half a million dollar worth of uh, investment in uh, human resources, but it it was required.
0: Uh, And uh, what has happened is this. You've got got four staff for half a million dollars. That's pretty good going in the current climate. Uh, it is,
1: it is. It, it was very difficult. Uh, it was not easy. I had to hold many interviews or rather go through from one, one advertisement to second one till the time we found somebody good. Uh, but it is there now. And I also had the opportunity uh, working with my chief operating officer, uh, Mark Wilston, to uh, do the f- uh, planning, future workforce planning. Uh, although he wanted me to do it t- 2025 i stopped at 2024 because with such a large project the future is cannot be defined to certain certainty right so so the so the new new architecture architect has brought in some other senior managers into the team uh, so we will have about three more people so in all about seven more uh, staff has been added since the yes. time
0: i joined yeah. So and that's naturally, as, as, as well, of course, as a, a refreshed technical architecture, you're dealing with a, a, um, a brand new physical architecture. You alluded to it at the beginning, at the top of the show, the new museum that's about to be built in Parramatta for our non-Sydney or Australian residents. It's kind of a, uh, formerly a, a big suburb into a small city, maybe about 45 minutes drive west of Sydney now obviously that's a big um project that's occupying your time and I suppose in um kind of parallel with that uh something that, that that most people should be aware of with respect to museums is you have enormous archives you have enormous repositories of data and this has been a big part of your challenge hasn't it so I'm, I'm sort of bundling all of these challenges together but you've got that the work in actually stand, helping the, the role that you're playing in standing up a new Building, which I understand is a couple of years away from actually opening, um, but concurrently um, helping the organization better manage is quite enormous and and, and nationally critical um, archives. No?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, as I mentioned, that the Ultimo Powerhouse was to be closed, and we are we're going to go black for some amount of time in mm. in very near future. Uh, so, all our collections needed to be moved out of this Ultimo uh, space. So we have Castle Hill as a, where we are managing our, our archives. We are storing them there. Uh, so they are being moved. And part of the process which the government supported the proposal for Powerhouse Museum was to digitize them. Uh, we have got half a million objects. so uh, We don't have that big a space anywhere to display them in one go every time, right? Uh, And and that's how the Paramatta Museum is going to be uh, playing a big function, going to bring in new functionality where the exhibitions will not be running for a year or two years. The vision of uh, uh, our Chief Executive Officer Lisa is this, that we will have frequent change in our exhibitions so that we can bring these uh, objects which are lying in the dark, you know, under... Very well preserved conditions, uh, preserving conditions. They will come out, and people will have more interest in Paramata Museum. Uh, she expects about two million uh, people walking in every year, and I, I, I believe she's going to achieve it uh, with That's the help it. of all the all the all the good stuff she has, mm-hmm. uh, and it's doable. And so, thus comes the technology and the big project. Uh, having said that, uh, to digitize uh, half a million. Objects we have already digitized 286,000 of them. Hmm. Uh, to consume to preserve that digitized data, we spent uh, uh, smart money into high-performance computing yes. with one, one petabyte of uh, storage, and that's expandable to maybe two petabytes at a given time. Uh, but right now we are working through that. So uh, in my previous jobs, I have heard big data, so. This is my first time when I'm seeing big data. So, <laughs> so, and it brings many challenges uh, for how you back up, how you store things, what you do. And they are our images. They are not compressible. You can't dedupe them. So, right. so the backup is uh, another, uh, it's a different cup of tea than the usual backups.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting you say that because you were the sort of, you were the sort of cloud admin lead. For the was it the Faculty of Arts at Macquarie University? I mean, there must have been quite a lot of data there. But I mean, it sounds as though the data you're dealing with at, sure. um, in your current role dwarfs it.
1: Yeah, I will just make a small change. I, I worked with a project called Malu back at Macquarie University, which was central IT project, and there we try uh, we I had left, but in the initial request for tender and. The specifications. I played a, a strong part. Um, I believe we shifted about 500 workloads out of 2,000 workloads. Uh, yeah. So that was quite a big project.
0: Yes. And you. I mean, you've done a lot of work in um, migrating um, systems at Powerhouse Museum to the cloud, and in, in in this in this current capacity as well, haven't you? And and as we discussed recently, you've you've really you're really um, stressing a. Um, a buy before you build um, mentality there right
1: uh yes uh, i think david the buy before build mentality came in about 10 to 15 years ago uh mm-hmm. when the net new kind of a net uh thing happened and the intranet came in and everybody was developing applications i think uh, buy before build has got definitely uh let me count two or three uh important uh Positive factors for the organization. First of all, any organization, it's not a software development house. Yeah. Software, software is a requirement to run the business, right? Uh, and so it's always seen as the cost. So you want to minimize that cost. So why will you have bring in a development house? So by outsourcing this development and buying a product which is fit for the industry larger industry or only not only you with your minimal functional requirement you can buy a bigger a better product with a lot of functionality um and do away with the uh, development costs you can bring this uh, you can deploy this product quickly because you cut down all the development costs right and then as you calculate being a financial manager what's the internal rate of return it's always better so so yes i i basically uh, I have adopted and I um, I, I ask everybody to uh, buy before you build um, and that, that's happening. So over here, we have got web. web. So as I said, we are digitizing 500,000 objects uh, and 287,000 has already been digitized. Uh, this, is, this data is available on our website. Uh, we have to now showcase it to the world and the web is the way to go. So Powerhouse has listened to my mantra or the industry mantra here and we have found the right headless uh, content management system, uh, right uh, 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 Kubernetes uh, tool uh, which is uh, being provided as a service and we are saving money by using something something as software as a service rather than building everything here.
0: And so with This projected 2 million or probably as far as you're concerned, God forbid, more than 2 million people about to be visiting um, every year in the next few years, once the second museum opens. Um, It probably goes without saying that customer experience is gonna be a massive challenge, but it's also gonna be a massive opportunity. Uh, You're you're well advanced in a major voice over IP um, project. You don't hear people talk about VoIP so much these days because maybe because there's so much of it around anyway, but it sounds as though there's some fairly interesting applications of it um, that you're leading with your team. Uh,
1: Yes. Uh, So Powerhouse Museum has a hardware Alcatel telephone exchange. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has served its purpose well over many years and it's in its its last legs. Like uh, the choice before Powerhouse Museum was either to replace the whole uh, telephony exchange in hardware sense uh, with a new hardware or to go for uh, uh, SIP exchange in the cloud. Uh, uh, We did some calculations and we found that uh, because we are going to expand in number of uh, uh, organizational different locations. So right now we were a powerhouse museum here and we were only in observatory near uh, near bridge. Uh, but now we are going to be in four places. So uh, suddenly we have to have four different exchanges everything. thing. And yeah. the beautiful thing called internet just needs a copper wire going in. And it sorts out all the problems. Yeah. And furthermore, uh, because the SIP, SIP exchange is managed by a telco. Yeah. Uh, so we just buy it as a software, as a service from them. Uh, that, that's going to happen soon, uh, somewhere uh, around mid-April. Uh, if we go on, uh, keep going on track. It has got a dependency on another project uh, uh, with a domain name change and something. Uh, so we need to finish that one first, which is a lung and heart surgery for us. Uh, so hopefully we complete that successfully by the end of this month, and then in next 14-15 days we'll be moving our, uh, we'll be shutting down our Elcatel hardware and moving our 700 odd users onto SIP exchange. It will be a new experience for them. It will be embedded with me, uh, Microsoft Teams meeting. Uh, so it will do away with the uh, desk forms, you know, do away with all the copper wire requirements. Again, beautiful network six, category six cables will serve as well. Yeah. So okay. that it's very exciting. The next two projects are very exciting for me.
0: Yeah. You just slipped in the domain name change very quickly. I'm assuming that's not something that you can expand on at the moment. But um. Is is that something that you and your team are, are working on in Active Directory? Is there some kind of sort of, sort of major? Uh, well,
1: I think uh, I'll let my Chief Executive Officer Lisa uh,
0: let you tell her about that.
1: <laughs> I can't expand on to that.
0: Well, goodness, well 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 handballed, well handballed. Now we <laughs> couldn't have it we couldn't have an interview with the senior technology leader in uh, twenty twenty three without raising the uh, the thorny uh, as well as of course uh, trendy topic of cybersecurity. Yeah, uh, what's uh, what's what, what could you share with us, and um, what can you share with us with, with respect to cybersecurity at the Powerhouse Museum at the moment?
1: Okay, um, look, I have heard on the one of the water cooler moments that Australian government has given up to twenty thirty for all the agencies and the, um, even the large corporations to pull up uh, their cybersecurity posture. Um, and, and like NSW, we have got essentially eight and mandatory 25 uh, requirements to be fulfilled. And I think they want us to be at level two at, at, at least in the next coming year or so. Um, so, uh, thanks to the NSW government, they started a the digital restart funding to which we made an application and we got some uh, about a million dollars for it for, uh, for uplifting our cybersecurity posture. Uh, I'm lucky to have worked with Powerhouse Museum on multiple projects and this is one of the very uh, good projects. So I was uh, involved with it right from writing the uh, tender, um, then going through the 38 responses we uh, received and then selecting uh, uh, one of the advisories to help us out. So I worked on this uh, project from the ISO 27001 uh Uh, fulfilling the requirements. If you want to get ISO 27001 certified, it's a journey. But the thing is this, we want to uplift our cybersecurity posture. So and you for that, you need something, some benchmark. Uh, And I could have, we could have chosen, it's not me, we could have chosen NIST, but NIST is more in America. In Australia, it's more ISO 27001. So basically, when the decision came, uh, Powerhouse Museum stuck with ISO 27001 uh, and I worked with that and uh, you fulfill the requirements of ISO 27001 by following the controls and the guideline procedure given in ISO 27002. Mm. So we have finished our discovery phase one and uh, the report is ready to be submitted to the senior management and executives and hopefully soon after we will go for our, uh, management will decide what they want to do next but uh definitely there's a lot of appetite to go ahead and implement the recommendations uh from the report and uh, basically deliver on deliver on uplifting the cyber security posture for the yeah. powerhouse
0: museum yeah right well it sounds like you and your team have got a huge amount on on your plates for 2023 and and, and certainly a hell of a lot been achieved since you joined in 2021 pushpoint Sandu, ict manager with Sydney's Powerhouse Museum. Thank you very much for joining us on CIR Leadership Life.